speaker is supposed to improve. So obedience is the power of love that enhances the spiritual evolution. It's an interesting topic. Just to make us feel light and connect back to the topic, let me start with a humorous note. It's about a person, let's call him Sam, born into Christianity and at a very young age, he is enamored by the teachings of uh, Jesus Christ. And he decides to dive deeper into the service of uh, the Christianity spreading movement. Specifically, he wants to live a life after reading all the works of Jesus Christ, a life of being a, a celibate, a obedient, disciplined soldier of spreading Christianity. So he takes up a full-time job in a church, which also has a press attached to it. They print all the works of uh, Jesus Christ and all the apostles and all that. He almost spends uh, 50 years of his life doing that, living a life of celibacy and uh, confining himself to the rigor and discipline of what the religion wanted him to do. And finally, one day he decides that uh, he has to move on. And he calls the pastor and says that uh, time is up and I want to leave. The pastor says, you have done such a wonderful work. I want to give you a farewell dinner. So let's arrange it, uh, say, for tomorrow night. And uh, between now and uh, tomorrow night, is there something that I can do for you? All along, you have done so much for the printing and spreading of the message of Christ. He said, uh, Pastor, I've all along spent a lot of time reading from the extracted literature and arranging to print and all that. I'm sure that there must be an original which has passed through the ages, which must be available somewhere. I would be happy if I can get my hands to read it once. So pastor says it's very difficult, but I'll arrange because you have been such a nice person. So if someone gets the original text and all that, all the old New Testaments, whatever, then gives it to him. And uh, our friend Sam starts reading them and it goes on and on and on and on. And the next day dinner is already ready, but uh, everyone has assembled, but there's no sign of Sam. So the pastor is concerned a little bit and then he sends someone out to find what happened to Sam. He says, uh, Sam is still locked in a room reading the original literatures that you had given. And he is uncontrollably crying. We don't know what to do. So then pastor says, okay, let me go and pacify him. He goes there and then he meets him. He says, why are you crying, Sam? And then Sam shows the original literature. They have written celebrate. I don't know how many of you understood the joke. While the translation or the extraction was done, they left the R, they wrote celibate. I lived a life of celibacy. There is a big connect between this uh, joke and actually the topic that we are getting into. I remember sharing this joke once with Chariji Maharaj and he had a very hearty laughter. The person decided to obey what was given to him. 
but what kind of obedience he displayed is it the obedience that we are supposed to follow all that will fall in place as we go along there is a reason why i chose this joke though it may appear to be from a specific uh, religious context but it is applicable to all those in life let's look at uh, some of the points that will set the context for this uh, session the first question obviously comes is other than spiritual evolution we need to look at uh, what is evolution itself what is the significance of evolution what does it really mean evolution in a very fairly wide term normally is associated with the concept of progress and uh, where better can we pick up an example other than the story of the avatar till now we have had nine avatars and the 10th is it to come supposed to come at the time of mahapralaya in these nine avatars if we had looked at the progress of uh, lord vishnu's reincarnations he chooses the lowest of lowest to start with starts with fish moves on to tortoise moves on to a boar and then slowly surfaces then becomes a narsimha avatar and then slowly one after another if you consciously look at it there is a beautifully a good hidden message inside this each one of it he came at the next avatar was of a different level from the earlier level he did not start afresh he came at a next level and uh, the ninth avatar as we know which is a lot krishna's which is also considered to be the only purna avatar who was also aware that he is a human but he also knew of his godly powers unlike the earlier ones he is supposed to have been the completely evolved uh, i would say avatar out of the nine likewise when we look at spiritual evolution if you had studied a little bit of i am sure there will be a few doctors out here in this uh, people set of participants who are watching this session it is said that uh, from the time of conception till the baby gets out of the womb it goes through all the evolutionary process of what man has ever gone through from the time life evolved in this planet we all were originally from the sea and then land came and then a few of the species moved to the land and then it evolved and evolved in the last 300000 years or so we have apparently the most evolved person the human the homo sapiens as we are known that itself one started marriage was saying that uh, is a great sign that uh, nature is teaching us that evolution is the key and when someone asked him is human the pinnacle of evolution he said so far it appears like that but i wouldn't be surprised if uh, further evolution happens later as of now we have been given a chance to be on top of the table out of the few million species that exist today on this planet earth we are the most evolved and it is also said that uh, to spiritually evolve as of now the only place in the entire universe is supposed to be mother earth after all bhavji maharaj has also said that even 
the great lord shiva and vishnu and brahma all of them will have to be reborn as humans in this world for them to spiritually progress they are only cosmic powers so evolution is not something which is uh, i would say optional i don't think i have an option of deciding to evolve it's only the degree of acceptance and taking evolution in my stride and moving forward faster for example all the humans who are born in this world have the possibility of potentially evolving to the highest of becoming divinized human beings reaching point 13 or whatever yet how many choose to do in my own life span of last 29 30 years roughly in the mission i have come across lakhs and lakhs of people to whom uh, the practice of heartfulness has been shared technically speaking the method has been made available as of today in the last 100 years to at least about 10 crore people is the estimate rough estimate and i'm very sure these 10 crore people who have heard about uh, heartfulness might have either gone and told somebody something about it positive negative neutral if you take that man normally communicates on a 1 to 2 1 to 3 basis at least 20 30 crore people in the world have heard about the possibility of highest evolution spiritual evolution but why is it that they haven't chosen the path does it make us any better just because we have chosen this path once charity famously was uh, scolding a preceptor for his high handedness as he said it while speaking to a new seeker that you are doomed if you don't get into sadhvar those days and he really gave him a rundown saying that don't ever speak down to a potential seeker this uh, you no know, speaking down as they say no pontification that just because you are here doesn't guarantee you anything you have just learned to be outside the prison while they are inside the prison outside the prison by itself doesn't mean that you learned how to evolve a person who has been in jail for about 10 years he comes out he can't say that he has one more life and he has conquered earth his life literally begins afresh except now he is aware that there is a path that he can choose whereas those who are inside are confined hence spiritual evolution even by itself is not uh, something that's going to be automatic and for us also the progress is assured if there is a big if if we practice properly if we internalize the teachings if we evolve our character if we develop such a unfailing love and faith in the master then we all know in mathematics that something called as an operand you know if then if then it will happen if so then it will happen like that likewise spiritual evolution by itself is not automatically guaranteed just because i have taken three sittings or just because master knows me by name just because i am a preceptor just because i am a volunteer just because i claim that i love him we don't know hence evolution is something that is not chosen to be automatic for those who choose it and then decide to live a life 
based either on obedience or love or faith, which are several tools available, then progress might become automatic. Else, spiritual evolution is also still only a theoretical knowledge for us. We are aware of 13 points. Famously, once Babuji found out an alternate path to the central region and to the center itself, and it was supposed to be an alternate path with, with much more difficulties. And then he asked uh, Lalaji Maharaj, uh, is my finding right? He said, uh, it's up to you to decide. You are now the living master for you to check whether this alternate option is right, but I can tell you that it does exist. And then Babaji had his own finding, which is a different topic altogether as to why the chosen path of the current 13-point system is what is to be pursued. But Lalaji had indicated to him that the other path might also be uh, explored by somebody else in future. We don't know. Hence, just being aware that we have access to the highest in this lifetime is not a guarantee that a spiritual evolution is going to happen. And just because we obey, like in the case of the person who read uh, the manuscripts and found out the difference between celibate and celebrate, though apparently humor, it teaches us a lot. Do we really know what we are obeying? Are we aware? Have we understood? Have we used the faculties that are available with us to know? Lalaj Maharaj did say that knowledge becomes useless at some point of time, but for you to say knowledge is useless, you must have crossed a few notches of having practiced that knowledge for you to give up. Only a rich man can give up wealth, I mean at least material wealth. How can a person, a pauper who is on the road, who is carrying huge debt, say that I'm giving up all the wealth? He is like a person who is a beggar on the street saying that uh, I'm giving up being the Prime Minister of this country. As much a joke when we all say, you know, when we give up. Likewise, spiritual evolution is not something which is easy. Let's look at some of the stages of evolution. If you are conscious, how we can catch on to what is available. You see, based on different time, nature has also dealt different set of cards. Nature doesn't deal the same card again and again. After all, uh, Dasharad Maharaja, 72 generations prior to this, this was existing. For whatever reason, it disappeared. Either it disappeared, we lost it, we don't know. And subsequently, several sages have come in, including Lord Krishna, including the Prophet, including Christ, including Buddha, including the Jains. But how many came out with the same set of recommendations of meditation based on pranahuti, cleaning, prayer, constant remembrance, being in meditative state and things like that. In my view, this is one more experiment of nature. It might come out with a better method in future. Once Daji was saying that maybe 72 generations prior to Dasharana Maharaja, it was lost because people did not deserve to know what is transmission. Maybe they just lost the taste for it. Hence, we have to know the stages of evolution. If you look at uh, even the life of a butterfly, the four stages it goes through, from the stage of it being conceived as an egg to the larva, and then to the caterpillar, and then to the butterfly, each stage actually is a beautiful 
transformative stage which leads to a final metamorphosis looking at an ugly egg of a so called butterfly nobody can ever say what it was capable but had it lost if somebody had trampled over the egg or the egg had been eaten or maybe the situation was not conducive for uh, the egg to uh, sort of hatch and then move on to the other stages maybe the butterfly wouldn't have been given birth it wouldn't have metamorphosized and become there are stages where it loses a caterpillar and dies which is also known to us hence when it comes it's about our knowledge of the stages of change that are available to us there are several stages of change that keeps uh, coming to us every time nature comes uh, knocking at our door literally to say that i am change and waiting here and there are people who complain that it's making too much of noise and they don't open the door when we don't uh, understand that change is happening around us all the time 2001 february or so last 3 days it's uh, going around in whatsapp and many of you might have read it the whispers from babuji maharaj he exactly predicted somewhere in 2025 or 26 a series of cataclysms of unimaginable nature is going to engulf earth and you will start seeing symptoms prior to that this was in 2001 and when the whispers was originally released in 2005 and when we all had uh, access to these messages how many of us really pondered over the true message of what babuji maharaj had communicated through the medium to us even today do we take it seriously yesterday in one of the whatsapp groups when this was uh, going around there was a conversation which developed with a few abcs and they all said how foresightful the hierarchy is how foresightful babuji maharaj is but have we ever understood the message we just take pride in just forwarding the message and putting thumbs up and smileys and say that wow what babuji has said and still living with a false hope and belief that he don't touch me the pandemic is here the pandemic is true the pandemic is real and it is just not hitting everyone in the world it is hitting abhyasis hard i have lost friends and relatives in this process to the pandemic i have a cousin who is struggling in the icu for the last 3 days still battling with uh, serious lung infection not knowing whether she will live through or not many of you might have your own family members either been lost or they are going through this and yet we all believe like the famous yudhishthira uh, prachna by the the person who asked him the ashwini who asked him what is the strangest thing in the world for which yudhishthira answers that people keep dying around me all the time yet i think that i am going to live in eternity why am i saying this it is not a doomsday prediction at least when babuji said in 2001 in whispers might have appeared to be a doomsday prediction but was it a doomsday prediction maybe yes maybe no but there was a beautiful hidden message in that he said if 
people make the necessary changes, not exact words, I'm just paraphrasing. If people make the necessary changes, see the tipping point for humanity's uh, downward spiral, as it is known, hasn't yet taken place. But tipping point, as you might be aware, is a point literally of no return, either in terms of growth or in terms of a downward spiral. When you cross the threshold, it's not possible for you to take a U-turn anymore. It's like you pressing the button to launch a rocket. When the countdown happens, up to one, you can still take your hands, finger off the button and stop the rocket from being launched. But once it is launched, whether it puts the payload into the orbit or finds its way to the ground or to the sea is not in your hands anymore. The trajectory of the program, everything is already decided and determined what's going to happen to the rocket. Likewise, for many of us, the tipping point is still maybe a couple of years away. First of all, are we making the necessary changes in our lifestyle, in our attitude, in our ability to share this message without creating panic? that the spiritual egregore that is essential for humans to evolve. This is not a movie where in the climax, the hero will come and bang, bang, have a fight and save the hero in a go back. There it's all scripted. We know what is likely to happen. This is a real life. And there is no one single hero here. That's why Babaji Maharaj in his famous message of 29th, uh, April 2014 had predicted that we will start merging or working along with sanstas which are much bigger than us for a common good. What is the common good here? At a very basal level, the common good is to save humanity itself. If humanity is not saved, all the souls who leave the earth will be hanging somewhere. Maybe the number of bodies that swam the earth might come down from the current seven and a half billion to one billion, two billion, or even lesser, we don't know. But all the souls will have to find a place for it to come back and which is nothing but earth. And if we destroy the earth and the environment so much that life is not possible, like during the ice age or uh, during the time when the dinosaurs were swept, swept off the earth because of a meteor hit, we don't know how long we have to wait. Is it worthwhile? Hence, true change happens when we can predict what is the change that we need. If you know what is the change that we all have to do, when I'm able to predict the change, and we don't need to be great wise people to predict the change because our masters have beautifully described what is the change that needs to be done. In fact, like the famous uh, Ramanujacharya who stood on top of a temple and shouted the mantra, which will give humans the salvation, that Om Namo Narayana mantra, not worrying about his own spiritual growth because he went against his own guru's advice. Our masters have literally been shouting hoarse 
sharing all the details is like the last ship is waiting before you jump on so that you don't get caught and the ship will take you to safety. So one of the fundamental purpose of predicting change is to convert it into a good. The same thing that happens in our 10 maxims. Do we have a goal? If the goal is there, is it the highest one? If the highest one is there, then we know what is that we need to evolve into. See, when we look at evolution up to the stage of humans, it is natural. Each of the species goes through, apparently, one of the scriptures I read said that 84 lakh cycles of life, of birth and death, right from the stage of maybe an amoeba to the highest stage of maybe a chimpanzee or whatever before orangutan, before we turn into a human being. It is natural. But once you are in the life and form of a human being, though it is still possible for you to devolve and go back, slip back, predominantly staying within the human life, the only way in which the change can happen is through a planned process. The planning process, that of a master, of planning the progress of all souls which uh, have the spiritual thirst, and the planning itself of the people who get into the path of spirituality. We all, in some way or another, had been uh, sucked into this system or inspired to get into the system, whatever it may be the word. Very, very rarely that you found a seeker, maybe one in thousand, one in 10,000, who had the yearning for spiritual evolution. And then he came, started searching for a system and then found uh, heartfulness. It's not normal. Normally, somebody gives us a book. Somebody tells us about the practice that they have done. Somebody has shared their experiences of the transformation that they have gone through with us. And that has inspired us. For me, it was the case. And many of you, it will be the case too. But having come here, there are two things which are essential, which will drive us towards the topic that we'll jump into right now, which is obedience. Obedience is of no purpose. Like in the case of the person, Sam, who did the works of changing the manuscript into printing order. His goal was not clear. And the planning and process was also hence not clear. As they say in Tamil, Mudal Konal Mutrum Konal. If you make a wrong dot in the beginning, the subsequent dots are also likely to go wrong and the rangoli that you want to make will go astray. It won't be the proper shape. Likewise, though the goal, which is also in some way abstract of the highest order is available to us. Let me give you a very funny anecdote in one of my classroom sessions. I was speaking about the importance of planning and many people just didn't seem to accept what I was saying. And then I asked them, assuming that I give you, say about 10 lakhs to plan a European holiday with your family three months from now. And what will be the first thing you will do? They said, oh, we'll first uh, take the map of Europe, 
uh, apply for passport, apply for the necessary visas, do all the hotel bookings, and travels. Date-wise, we'll make our tour itinerary, where we'll go, where we'll stay, which place to see, which place to you know, sort of take selfies at, and all the stuff. I said, for such a simple thing as a holiday, there is so much seriousness you bring to planning. But something as serious as life, how many of us have ever planned? How many of us have a written down plan for how am I going to reach the highest possible evolution? Let's say, whatever may be, in case you just want to be in the mind region, let's say that you want to reach 0.7, for example, or you want to reach 13 point, or you want to go beyond that or whatever. The journey doesn't end at 13 point, right? We keep swimming. How many of us have a day-to-day -day or a monthly or an annual plan on how we will reach my spiritual goal? The same seriousness that we seem to have for entertainment, specifically in the pandemic time, me included, many of us spend time watching something, television, OTT platform, WhatsApp forwards, if not anything else, read a book or sit with family and chat, but we schedule time for all this during lunchtime, post-dinner, whatever. But when it comes to our salvation path, I'm using very low terminology, salvation is not our goal, but salvation path of the higher spiritual growth, do we even have a clear plan on how am I going to achieve it? For example, if I take once beautifully Charitmar had said, if Bill Gates and uh, the founder of uh, Apple, Steve Jobs, joined Sajmar, this was like 20 years back, he said they will reach 13 point literally in no time. So somebody was there and uh, they asked, how is it possible, Master? He said, because they take whatever they do seriously. We handle things flippantly. We are not obedient. We don't take our goals seriously. We don't take even our gurus seriously. Like what our brother Mohandas was sharing just before the song, and I came, I was speaking about how we tend to take even our gurus for granted. They'll be there, they'll take it, they'll be there. But uh, when you, maybe after four lives, five lives, ten lives, you may still find him. But is it worth waiting so long? And if you really look at it, when we don't have a goal and a plan, like in the case of Sam, our obedience is literally of no use because you may be obeying a wrong cause. Like for example, a terrorist. His obedience, discipline, commitment is of the highest order. Many times, in private conversation, Daji has said several times, the kind of commitment and uh, obedience they have, the kind of brotherhood that they maintain is something that uh, we all must learn and imbibe. Wrong example in terms of the people, but correct example in terms of their attitude and commitment and obedience. They don't give up till the goal is achieved and they don't even mind giving up their life in the process. Whether they're brainwashed, not brainwashed, whether it's their own choice, we don't know. But that kind of commitment, that kind of zeal, enthusiasm, which leads to obedience, do we have it in us? If you don't have it, how are we going to use the power of love which will enhance and take us toward the ultimate spiritual goal that is possible for us in this lifetime. Let's look at what 
obedience means for many of us understand that obedience means to be obeying but if you look at the etymology of the word obedience comes from a latin word called obedere which means listen to there's another meaning also in the etymology one is listen to the other is pay attention to which actually then means obedience by itself means nothing this is where english uh, camouflages our uh, ability to understand what it actually means it only says listen to pay attention to do we listen to our masters do we listen to the world do we listen to what's happening do we pay attention to the potential catastrophes the earth is leading to okay true obedience is if you are able to listen to if you are able to pay attention to then what next this is where the only distinctive factor of humans the homo sapiens viveka we are the only ones who are born with the ability to discriminate do we discriminate seriously when we pay attention to when we listen to what do you mean by discrimination or viveka is it only to decide between the good and the bad the bad and the ugly the right and the wrong not at all it transcends beyond this 3 years back in one of uh, the celebration talks daji explained this concept beautifully he said true viveka is when you are able to differentiate between effect and cause all of us spend our time and energy focusing on effects we don't look at the cause we look at the results we look at the effect he says okay this is the goal okay we say this is the effect but what is the cause what will cause us to reach that goal true viveka is when we we pay attention to when we listen to what is happening around us what our masters are saying we are able to use the faculty of viveka and find see viveka is only useful when i am very clear of the goal otherwise i'll only be a knowledge gatherer just picking up knowledge from here and there putting it in some kind of a sequence in my head and when somebody asks me eloquently answer score a few brownie points and feel good that i had done my job they are happy they had done the job and we all go home happily unfortunately not knowing that like the coins in a chess board when death happens the bodies go back to the box to come back again onto the chess board for the next game if our goal is only to live a healthy life if our goal is only to live a life of abundance if our goal is only to live a life where we are contented and happy with a nice family around us so be it that's what we are going to get because your mind is already conditioned with a goal of peace happiness and contentment absolutely no wrong but a first standard student if he is going to stay in first standard because he is happy with the first standard for the next 35 years what is the point likewise our goal must be of the highest possible when it is of the highest possible 
then everything that comes in front of us is a information my obedience finally actually has to be aligned to my goal we can have multiple goals worldly goals can be there after all we are born into a family we need to maintain our material life we need to travel we need to earn a decent sum of money for us to maintain certain basic amenities and things like that no harm but any of my smaller goals must be aligned to a larger goal which is of the highest possible spiritual evolution at least practitioners of heartfulness system cannot say anymore that i am not aware everyone who has been introduced into the system has been at least told by and talking of those who have taken at least three introductory sessions they have been told of the potential possibility of the highest goal at least the lowest goal of liberation of not being born escaping from the cycle of birth and death when that goal is clear whatever i come across as information or knowledge in my life see every day it is said that we are fed between 30 to 35000 bits of information from the time we get up in the morning till we go to sleep in the night they come through books they come through newspapers they come through tv channels they come through programs like this they come through our interactions with our friends through social media but our brain is capable of processing only 25 to 30 in a day this is what scientists say from this 25 to 30 we pay attention to we listen to which is what the fundamental definition of obedience is for what sake to use viveka discriminate will this information cause the effect which is of my highest spiritual evolution if it doesn't drop it off final obedience is to yourself to help you reach your highest go before you are born and after you are dead the world doesn't matter to you and you don't matter to the world charity begins at home i need to first evolve before i can go and tell somebody i am not saying that all of you have to reach the 13th point before you start speaking about heartfulness no not at all even the highest goals can be split into smaller goals moving from first point to second point transformation of character strengthening and deepening of my practice evolution of my value systems to that of what master would want me to have so that i be the best of instruments in his hand where you are the perfect conduit without conducting anything yourself a perfect conduit doesn't conduct anything it allows everything to pass by whatever my master gives through the practice of aiou which is literally now the i would say the secret words that taji has given to us the acronym acquire imbibe become one with it if you are able to do and allow the world to take the spiritual wealth that is available imagine if everyone sets the goal as the highest then obedience becomes very easy obey what obey to the information which is 
coming obey here means pay attention to listen to and then apply viveka discriminate whatever i spoken in the last 30 minutes or so and the next 10 15 minutes i'm going to share if you are clear of your highest goal if you are not for your own sake today write it big and bold in your diary or in your diary electronic diary what is your goal that for which you are in heartfulness you must have written this many years back at least those who participated in crest sessions would have spent some years in the mission and you must have had the habit of getting a diary and your preceptor must have told you please write your goal we must have scribbled something maybe forgot about it literally think today is your first day you are born again you have a choice you are born again maybe maintaining the same spiritual evolution you have already acquired like the abhyasi from denmark who came to meet babaji maharaj way back in 70s or so was already in third point and babaji was wondering how did i miss him when he didn't turn up for subsequent sittings we'll all be born again let's say that we are born again today be very clear what is the highest goal that you want to achieve through the practice of heartfulness you decide no need to tell you it's 13 point 12 point it can be abstract goal also right memorize it write it everywhere where you can see it make it your screenshot make it your uh, when you open your mobile phone let it be the wallpaper that appears to you what your goal is because our subconscious mind is conditioned to believe when we repeatedly see something and when we see it and our goal is fixated then the possibility of us becoming like an arjuna is a possibility where you was focused so much on the goal any information other than the goal did not fall in his ears when he was asked to shoot the arrow in the eyeball of the bird he didn't see anything other than the eyeball he was not joking actually he couldn't see because he was so focused you develop that kind of a focus in your goal when you are able to discard all the information that comes to you as the process of obedience including what the master say there are times when jovially he may many times i have sat and watched movies with uh, me and daji have sat together and watched several movies with charity maharaj we sat because for us the goal was not uh, the screen or the movie that charity was watching for us the goal was to be with him so that it will help us in building remembrance because i have exchanged notes with uh, the daji so i know what it means what i am sharing here the idea was not entertainment the idea was to be with your master so that your connection with him gets strengthened in your progress towards the goal because even while watching sometimes movies or some episodes from national geographic or whatever even today crest has collection of many of the movies that charles maharaj had uh, chosen personally while watching sometimes he drops pearls of wisdom we will just mute or pause the movie and pick it up from there and the conversations will go somewhere so when you are clear of the goal when you are clear what you are going to listen to when you are going to pay attention to then obedience becomes a process which i personally like of cheerful acceptance my role is to obey apply viveka discard those which are not in alignment to the goal take what is in alignment to the goal hopefully which will take me to the highest order of the highest possible evolution in this human existence and 
whatever happens on the way accept cheerfully even today morning i was reading in uh, some uh, powdered article the kind of tests that you have to go through as you grow up in the spiritual ladder and in this article somebody had uh, written that uh, after charity maharaj took over and uh, once he was in a conversation with daji there had something that had happened that apparently shook the faith of charity maharaj in babaji himself for a few seconds imagine the living master then the third losing or questioning or his faith faith being shaken for a few seconds and apparently daji had told him uh, sir this is something which has been sent by him to test you and within a few seconds apparently charity maharaj got back his voice so cheerful acceptance is when because we always have this struggle why is it happening to me why is it happening to my family i am obeying i am following what my guru says everything that happens i have gone through enough number and i don't think it's going to end either the kind of uh, i wouldn't call it test maybe too much uh, of boasting but many of the challenges that i've had in doing the roles and responsibilities of being a functionary for close to two decades in several ways more than one many times when you believe this is what is to be done comes something which hits you hard and for a second it it shakes you out what is happening i am supposed to be a person who's pure my thinking is great i am aligned with master's vision then why am i being questioned why am i being tested why am i being challenged it is because it gives you a chance to introspect to find out are you listening to what is being shared with you are you paying attention to what is being shared with you are you able to apply viveka are you able to accept cheerfully accepting grudgingly is not a great deal many people do because you don't have a choice like the famous statement says if life gives you only lemons learn how to make lemonade out of it instead of complaining that the next person is getting orange and apple and only getting a lemon cheerful acceptance will help our obedience to become stronger and stronger for many of us obedience simply means compliance once i was speaking to a preceptor several years ago something surprising happened i had very high regard for this preceptor and uh, charity had just walked by telling uh, me to do something i had my own doubt whether i should do it or not so i asked this preceptor should i do so no you better do you have to obey i said uh, brother but uh, somehow i don't feel uh, this is uh, something that i have to obey he said if you don't obey your spiritual progress will be hampered it struck me very hard i did go on to do the job because later i got clarity on what i had been asked to do but should we obey out of fear specifically to the one who is loving you you may love him or not he loves you for sure like a mother do i obey out of fear i know many abhyasis for them because of our religious upbringing fear and temptation being the two sides of the coin that is continuously used to lure us 
into obedience. Religion teaches you obedience only by these two points, no fear and temptation. We somehow subconsciously bring the same kind of, uh, I would say, artilleries or uh, I, would, I would say weapons into spiritual life itself. We replace the, the godly figure in whatever religion we follow and put master instead. We fear God and hence we learn to fear master. And if you don't obey what master says, you'll drop by one point, you will not progress. You may not be, you know, blah, blah, whatever. Sometimes uh, it actually is very humorous when people obey out of fear. Should obedience come out of fear? Or should it come out of love? In my case, I would rather put it this way. Love being a byproduct of obedience. I don't obey because I love. Because I obey, I turn it into love. And what do I obey? My highest goal. And what is the highest goal? That's what my master promises. And whatever he says, if I'm able to listen to and pay attention to, do I see that it will take me toward the highest goal? Almost in all probabilities, yes. Though you may not be able to discriminate because that input which comes to master is from a much higher dimension. We will not be able to decipher. Many of us who have gone through truth eternal, even in the session that Daji runs, he himself says it's so difficult to understand what Ravalaji Maharaj is saying. You have to read 5, 10, 20, 30 times before you understand because our level of understanding is at a lower level. The only challenge is obedience somehow gets struck when we use the concept of free will. Free will is a big challenge for uh, many of us for a simple reason. This is the gift of nature to us. Yet, are we capable of using free will? In my opinion, partly yes. I wrote an article about a year back, uh, which is in my blog, which talks about the significant hundred people who play a very important part in a life's life after life. And how they seem to actually form an opinion on our behalf and influence our free will. For example, master tells you to do something. The first thing that happens to you is that you come home, you speak to your spouse, your children, your parents, or your friend, or your neighbor. And what happens? You get loads of free advice. No, no, no. Why should your master say like this? Why are you doing they already started influencing a free will. So the so-called free will is actually not a complete uh, truth. We always tend to get influence. As you are observing and listening to this session, if you had earlier questions in your mind, I might have influenced you through the process of last 50 minutes of sharing information. You may still make a decision on your own, yet it might not have been out of your own free will. It might have been influenced by me or something that you picked up from the session. Hence, free will is something that we have to be very careful because many abhyasis I have seen who don't uh, obey, even leave alone obeying master, even obeying some of the basic uh, uh, dictates of what they have to do as a functionary or as an abhyasi or as a preceptor. They use the concept of free will. They say that my heart says so. 
actually it is not the heart it is the confused mind which is not in alignment with the goal which says so hence we have to be very choosy of using the concept of free will when it comes to obedience and uh, there are a few characteristics which will help you to build obedience let uh, this be the last information i give before it goes off the information which comes to you whether from the master or from the literature that you read or from the abhyasis or preceptors or functionaries that interact with or with the external world when it comes to pursuit of other material goals for you to obey one of the key factors of applying viveka is for you to know if that person and the information is reliable can i rely on this information even before a process these are the filters i would apply before i even take that information inside of me to process is the person or the source of knowledge reliable before i take it in to see whether what i am listening to correlates with the goal that i want to pursue is the message or the messenger trustworthy is there a level of dependence i have on this person for me to first listen dependence is not out of compulsion dependence should be out of choice i depend on my master because of the choice that i made to give my complete spiritual progress and evolution in his hands because of what has happened in those first three sittings that i took when i was introduced into the system my culture my cultural background my baggage is also play a big part in deciding whether the input which are coming to me is worth listening to should i pay attention to to sum it up obedience is something in my view applicable when i am clear of my goal if i am not clear of my goal obedience is of no consequence i'll be only doing the same work that sam did in taking the copies of the manuscripts and then writing down something which completely was different instead of celebrate he was celebrating it was only a joke but it conveys a beautiful point i had to be clear of my goal if you haven't written down your goal till now begin bold write it today break it down into smaller goals what i would like to achieve in the next 3 to 6 months what i would like to achieve in the next one year what i would like to achieve in the next 2 years of course none of us know how long we are going to live ideally 7 months or 90 days as daji says these days in which you can make the highest if my goal is clear then obedience which i defined as my ability to listen to or pay attention to to find if the information which is coming to me the message or the messenger will help me progress towards my chosen goal of the highest order if it is so i intrinsically obey which means i make it part of my lifestyle obedience is not something external obedience is something which has to be an intrinsic to your lifestyle i obey because i know it will take me to the goal fastest and that's what my master wants me to he doesn't want his disciples to 
waver and wander into eternity before reaching the goal. He wants each one to reach the goal fastest. So my final submission to all the Take obedience as something that is connected to your goal. Keep sharpening your on the cause, not on the effect. Like the swan, which is able to easily distinguish between water and milk. Pick up what will help you go towards the goal the fastest and achieve the goal of the highest possible spiritual evolution through the process of obedience and using the power of love in this lifetime itself. I wish you the very best in this journey. Uh, I hand it over to Brother Mohandas Sekhti. If there are any questions, I'll take it up, or he can do the closing remarks and we can sign off. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Brother Prakash. I think it's the time for us to shift the gear after understanding this whole obedience where we could make out, started with the Sam story, then he spoke about Avataras, then we got into the concept of if practice, internalizing, unfailing love, faith in master, character. Indirectly, he has put so many things into our bucket of understanding where we need to really question and find out stages of evolution, what is the common good, and uh, Planning, that planning what master has got for us and what planning we are doing that, uh, that goal. Obedience of master, I mean, the very nice two things which he has mentioned that is, you know, the, according to the Latin word, where listen and to pay attention. And constantly he was referring the concept of Obedience and the goal, obedience and the goal. And it was going side by side. And finally, he gave us certain tips. Obedience is applicable when only when I'm clear of my goal. So then there comes the concept of fastest speed. Master wants us to reach that goal as earliest as possible. And I obey the connecting of the goal, the concept of Viveka. Again, not getting into the fear and temptation of religion or falling back to what we were according to our culture, according to our uh, information that we have uh, received, our trustworthiness or dependence. Again, coming back to the concept of Viveka and making that It's like more of a switching to understand this concept of obedience.
asked to them without saying what who has sent it. One has said uh, how to find which goal is good. So one question which has come to me on a private chat. You are going to a buffet and food is available and you know which food is nutritious, which is junk food, which will you decide to eat. Likewise, the highest goal is something which is available to all of us. Then why the doubt what goal is good for us? It's up to you to decide whether you just want to commence Yatra in the first point itself, move to second point, go up to the point of liberation or point of no return to the birth rebirth cycle or reach the highest of what is possible in this human lifetime, which is the 13th point and then traveling further. The menu card is available in front of you. You decide what is that you would like to choose. But please be aware, all these menu card items are free of cost. Efforts is of course yours. The next question that I have in the box, which is again a private message is, what is the guarantee or what, what do you think about the possibility of us reaching the 90 days challenge through which I can reach the highest goal? I already answered it indirectly. Obedience says, discriminate the information which is given. Who gave this information to you? I didn't give you. Our living master, Daji, has given you, which means he knows it's possible. How do you know whether it is possible or not? The only way is for you to go and do it. After 90 days, it's not that you're going to have a special halo around your head which shows that you have reached 13 point, And there will be, you know, people from heavenly abodes coming and dancing around you in white clothes. May not happen. But there is something in you which will tell you you have reached the highest. After all, didn't he say that what didn't happen in 50 years, in last two years has happened where more than 100 people are knocking on the doors of Central Region. And these are not things, as I said, when it comes from a level, see, when you are the culprit standing in a court, you can't decide what the judge is saying right or wrong. Because a judge, by default of his post, assumes a position of a higher nature. You just have to follow. You don't have a choice. If you had to wait for you to discriminate and arrive at, you have a choice to do. But here, I would rather go by hindsight of the experience that I got from others who have obeyed and apparently got results. It's up to you. So 90 days, yes. Have you done it? I don't know. I mean, 90 days I've done, but I reach the goal, it's up to you, not my problem. Whether you have to do, it's your call. The next question is, how can I keep a spiritual goal without expecting a result? See, Viveka is about working on the cost, not on the effect. Spiritual goal being the results or the effect of your sadhana. The cost is in your hand, the effort is not. This is what Gitacharya says, this is what our masters have said. I can't say I will surrender provided you take me to the 13th point. Even when you get into a flight, say from Chennai to Delhi, do you seriously, even if you are a scientist, do you think you know where the flight is headed? We don't know. He says we are across Nagpur. We are flying over Bhopal. You know, apparently, many times I've flown to Delhi. They say it when they fly over Nagpur. 
they say now we are halfway through you just you look down on the left side or right side can you really find out specifically in the night you can't you have to take it with a pinch of salt because the person who is taking you has been there done it hundreds of times take it because the time to question ends before your three sittings are over after that it's a question of using that information converting the effect into cause and sharpening and deepening my practice seriously speaking i used to make fun of this uh, to my wife several times i don't care whether i come back again if that's what hierarchy says so i don't care if i don't make it but doing the best is in my hands sincerely speaking i have never bothered about which point i am in which region i am in practically speaking that's not my problem it is the problem of the school headmaster no reading worry about it charity used to famously say to the doctors he used to love eating specific food he says i will eat curing me is your problem not mine <laughs> likewise putting their effort is my issue no? whether they take me there or not let them worry about it they are after all put for the job by hierarchy right why do you worry what is the importance of knowledge for sharpening viveka yes of course knowledge is essential and you have to acquire it, but you also have to discard it as soon as you acquire if it's not in alignment with your goal so the question here is knowledge is it essential for sharpening viveka and should i acquire knowledge don't acquire listen to pay attention to acquisition happens when you allow it to enter your head and allow it to enter your head only when you are clear it matches to the goal that you want to progress whether it's material life see as pursuit as your profession you may have to listen to lot of information to make your job better leave alone spiritual goals for which you are assembled here even there viveka is your call of course free will is of course there the next question how important is it that we know how far we have reached should we find out or just trust and obey i would say neither just progress with your efforts don't worry about the actual progress made actually speaking even if the guru comes and tells you put it in put you in the 11th point or 12th point what is the guarantee and if it is true that you are actually in 12th point what is the safety net that you won't slip backward we know one of the highest evolved person in the mission we all i don't want to name all of you know who fell down so fast because he lost the trust in the guru at the time of death he was considered to be put ahead of babli maharaj himself but he fell so fast and babli had to really hold him up even to get him liberated so there is no guarantee in it. in fact don't worry about guarantee the only guarantee is the efforts that you put in nothing else so there are three more questions i have time to answer them please go ahead okay when i set a material goal i am aware that i have achieved it if i set my goal as 13 pound how can i be aware that i reached my goal i think the earlier answer it's by covered that don't be aware don't waste your time as babu maharaj said it will be a dry land when you reach there you may not even like it so <laughs> don't worry obedience comes first love develops later that's what my uh, thinking is i am subject to correction though the obedient for many of us because we come from a religious background is basically out of initially the need to comply with because a person is seen as 
Hairab. The master scene is Hairab. We tend that over a period of time because we see the changes that we observe inside, we start loving that person or the substance in that person. Once master said, some people have reached the goal, but they don't know it. Isn't that beautiful? Or else, maybe we will develop ego. That's a good point. Uh, once uh, famously, Babaji Maharaj found that many of the people had put in central region were falling. And uh, Chariji observed that the fall was happening because uh, Babaji had told them, I have put you in central region. So it's in Chariji asked, why are you doing this? Because all along they are doing good. And because he told them they are in central region, their ego got bloated. He said, I'm experimenting. <laughs> so beware if, in fact, master tells you where you are. Better that he doesn't. And don't even ask. When we have love automatically, obedience will come. In few cases, the invertendo happens. Uh, the point that uh, this brother has made that uh, love comes when obedience uh, is there or love happens. The love leads to obedience is what he says. So he says in certain cases, the invertendo is possible. As I said, one in thousand maybe. How many of us can love a person whom we don't know? See, we still see masters of physical form when we initially meet him. And it takes time when you are told to stand outside the cottage, we are told to come at six in the evening, whatever we obey initially. Very, very few cases, maybe because of past uh, connections or the progress we already made before we came here, it is possible that love develops and then obedience. And I have seen many people, uh, at least a few, uh, I don't want to name, but I know that they love him, but they don't obey. <laughs> Many of you might also know, but it's part of life. He likes it, it's okay. It's his problem, not your problem. It's up to him to figure out what to do with them. Chariji once famously said, you know, where there is love, there is no obedience. Where there is no discipline, there is no love. He sort of changed it. He said, go together always. Is everything predetermined on a physical level? At a bodily level, life and death, yes, uh, brother. But in terms of spiritual progress uh, and character progress, it is a combination factor of you and the master working together hand in hand. Do we have to think about point or do we have to only think about love and surrender? Better not to think about anything, just do your job, things will happen. Is there any chance of falling down spiritually? The answer is yes, but uh, don't let it happen to you. Thanks so much for that wonderful talk. Love towards masters evades all obstacles on the path. It may not evade all the obstacles on the path, but it will surely give you enough strength and conviction to withstand such obstacles. See, after all, when people die around us, when people fall sick, when our material things fall apart, there are also obstacles in one way. No? But what happens? We know that intrinsically the faith that we have in him will in some way sort of uh, take us. I have answered all the chat box questions. Of course, almost all questions were directed on private message. Anything else uh, anybody wants to ask by unmuting, if we have time, or we can, I obey the director's orders. <laughs> okay, thank you, brother. It is 11 o'clock, we have next session. So we sure. need to have at least 10 to 15 minutes of break. So uh, thank you very much. Wish you all the best, brother. Thank I you. Mean, wonderful session.
having on behalf of Heartfulness Resource Center as well as all sisters and brothers to so was present here. We thank you very much thank for you. your wonderful talk. And I think uh, definitely somewhere or the other, it will help us in understanding this concept of obedience.